Hello, and welcome to Resisting Gilead. I'm your host, Gina, and this week we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 5, Fairy Tale, which is directed by Eva Vives. And my guest today is Jenny, who I podcasted on Westworld Theorycast, Clean Up Tax with this year. She was on the show last year for an episode. Jenny, welcome back to Resisting Gilead. Thanks, Gina. It's great to be here. Well, I'm very happy to have you back. You are my you were my only woman on the pod last year. This year, I'm happy to say you're my first of three women that will be coming on to pod about the show. I've oh, I've up awesome. the level. So yeah, I'm really excited, but very happy to have you kick things off from the girl <laughs> power perspective. So as we Sorry. dig in, um, what have you thought about this episode? Um, I mean, sorry, what have you thought about the season so far? Um, it's, it's been, it's been rough. Um, (laughs) I keep uh, seeing June and the things that she's doing. And I had, uh, I've texted with you a few times on some of the episodes talking about my feelings about them. And I'm just like, June needs therapy. And I was glad to see last week that she finally seems to be getting a little therapy. I know. I mean, uh, even in this episode that we're going to be discussing, like she managed to keep herself from killing Serena. (laughs) That's like a step in the right direction though. I wouldn't have blamed her had she killed Serena. So there's that. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how that last episode ended where she was so tempted and, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, she told Luke, you know, I can't make any promises just because I didn't do it. Does not mean I still might not do it? (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh, and I was really glad to hear Tim Hines back on your podcast guest guesting last week. Yeah. Hear his voice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to catch up with him and have his perspective on the show um, as he he was calling himself of Tim and I'm like, don't you mean you're of Gina if you're my handmaid? <laughs> anyway, kind of funny. It was great to have him on. So, you know, this episode was really hard for me in a couple of different ways. Like first I'm really overseeing flashbacks in general. I felt like they used them really gratuitously last season and mm-hmm. It's not quite as bad this season, but it's just like, okay, and then we're probably still going to see some of these flashbacks when they put the testaments together, which I'm just kind of over it. It's like, don't they have any new footage we haven't already seen in these flashbacks that they can show us? Um, I don't know. Um, So that's just more of like a production gripe. But um, yeah, I don't know what what was, you know, and then we had this is like the bad news bears episode, I think for everyone involved June and Luke and and Serena and we'll dive into all that but it's for a fairy tale. I feel like this is more of a like a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this episode, um, I texted you uh, when I, I don't remember exactly what I texted to you but I did. I know, let you know how anxious that stupid, oh, I, I think I said that that episode made me mad <laughs> yes. because it made me anxious through the whole thing because I could feel, <laughs> I mean, I knew that as soon as Luke was like, well, 
I'm going. And then I knew, obviously, June was going to go with him. She wasn't going to let him go alone. And I was like, these idiots. <laughs> and then every step of the way while they're there, when they meet the kid, he wants to take them somewhere else. Well, there's red flag number one. And then, you know, as it keeps moving along, all I'm seeing is red flag after red flag after red flag. And so it just caused me a lot of stress. <laughs> It was hard for me to watch. I didn't want to watch it again, though it was much less stressful the second time. But it was it was um it was hard to watch, mostly because I knew that they were going to get caught. I knew that that was what was going to happen. I just knew that that yeah yeah. And I I feel like I you know I think we have a little bit of a different perspective on this the kid Jaden because at first I was like oh no this is this is like a trap but as time went on. He seems so enamored with Luke and June and their relationship and just having fun with Luke like he would his father. And he felt like just really lonely. And even June's like, I've never met anyone so pure from Gilead before. And so personally, for me to like, I think, survive this episode, I just feel like he was a lonely kid who loved the fact that he was able to have some company and was having a good time. And then, you know, I don't think he intended to, you know, he wanted to take the shortcut back and maybe that was leading them into a trap. However, he chose to take a shortcut that <laughs> to step on a landmine instead of the path they knew was free and clear of those. So I like to think he is pure and innocent, but I know you feel somewhat differently. Well, I, I, so while I was watching it at the end, at that point, I figured that he probably was not leading them into a trap or anything because yeah that's an awful big sacrifice (laughs) you know well you know Um, those gilead people But the whole time that i was watching the scenes you know like when he made them go somewhere other than where they were supposed to be that was like i said it was a red flag to me and so my uh my spidey sense whatever you want to call it was up and then so everything that he was doing in there to me seemed like it was further manipulation because he needed to like keep them there and like so I was like seeing it with this paranoid (laughs) mindset that I have because that's what you kind of get with Gilead and I wanted it to be that he was pure and I wanted it to be the all the things and there was like the when when Luke was doing the little song and then he says he, you know yeah he wrote it and everything that was really cute but to me I was still like I was just it 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 just had me way too anxious and I was glad that I was kind of wrong about that but I but still it was still the same outcome they got caught right. <laughs> I knew that that was yeah. going to be the end result yeah. I mean I just I just knew it I, I do think that scene where Luke sang, he has a great voice, by yes, the way. I was yes, like, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm a sucker for the musicians. Like, if they can sing or play an instrument, um, th- you know, they could probably get my panties off me. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> I thought that um, it was it was just like this. They were falling in love again after 
you know, the sex scene from last week, which a lot of people on the interwebs seem to have an issue with. I'm like, dude, they're married. <laughs> like, get over it. We've seen her bang Luke. I mean, Nick, Nick. a hundred times, it feels like. I just thought this was more of a connection. The way she looked at him when he's like, I'm going back in. It was like that look of love and, you know, sacrifice for their daughter. I'm but like, you know, he felt like he had to do it because of what happened with Serena. That's that's true. But I think I almost think even if that hadn't have happened, the fact that Hannah is set to is is a plum now. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. it's pervy like oh why didn't they just make them peaches you know the like the ripe summer fruit just kind of makes me and then the peach emoji <laughs> oh i know <laughs> it's like oh they're a plum like ripe for the picking you know oh. um and they're 12 you know she's only 12 and uh Jaden was saying yeah they try and move them through that school as quickly as possible I guess and I was, is that oh. when they move them into that arena is when they start menstruating yes yeah that's kind of what I figured as well um when they're in puberty yes yeah they but that's can that's like disgusting children. that's like that's oh. like Warren Jeff shit <laughs> it yeah it is I mean it's basically you know child rape and pedophilia mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um quite honestly I I did think that scene between Luke and June that might have been the most like adorable scene to ever take place in this series like it was mm -hmm. so kind of heartwarming and you know even the kid watching them dance and I, I just it I was just like oh maybe that was the fairy tale moment right like this is not going to last um and it didn't and now they're caught we'll see we'll see what happens next week um uh, I don't know yeah that's um, my question of the week what the hell is going to happen to June and Luke I like well, almost I almost want you to like give me some of your spoilery book knowledge because I haven't read the books, but I don't know how faithfully the show is adapted from the books. Yeah. I mean, for what's going to happen to them next week, all I know from the trailer is that we see them locked up. They're in cells next to each other, but they can still touch each other like through grading or whatever it was. And he's like, you know, well, last time we didn't even get to say goodbye to each other. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's just like, so it doesn't look very good. Oh, um, I have a random weird question. Yeah. And I was, so you had said uh, all the flashbacks were a little much for you this season, especially this episode. But so one of the flashbacks that well, I think a couple times June flashback to when uh, Hannah was being taken and then she was caught and Luke was caught and, you know, them getting caught was um, she was remembering that. But also then when Serena was in the uh, her flashback with what's her face? What's the other lady's name? Naomi. Putnam. Naomi. Yeah. And they were looking at all those children there's a little girl that looks like she might be biracial, white, black, but she has like long. Do you think that was supposed to like be Hannah? No, um, I didn't. I wasn't sure, but like she was prominently like right there in the center of the frame. And 
<laughs> so I wondered, but I was like, but Hannah, like had her hair wasn't that long. <laughs> that little girl's right. hair was super long. And I feel like that little girl was older. And, and I want to be right. Clear, Me like, too. The flashbacks I'm annoyed with are all the ones with June and Luke specifically. I'm not annoyed by the flashbacks because we've seen all those before in previous flashbacks. I'm not annoyed with the flashbacks to the beginning of Gilead with Serena and Aunt Lydia and Naomi um, because that's kind of like new information mm -hmm, we're getting mm -hmm. um, new to the story but maybe we should talk about those flashbacks kind of the 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 beginning of Gilead flashbacks because mm -hmm. I did have a note about that scene in particular where they're looking at all the kids in that room and I was like sorry I couldn't help but notice that all but one of those kids was um, a brown kid, mixed race, whatever. There was like one preteen white girl there that was probably almost like too old that maybe no one wanted a, to take on a teenager. And I just thought, oh, God, that poor girl is probably going to end up a handmaid. But I thought it was weird that they were like, can you imagine any of these in your home? Just like it was a Yes, cadenza. I thought that that was weird, too. Like... <sighs> I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I mean, so to me, it's like, is, are they, these. is she thinking that they're less than she's thinking that they're less yeah. than, right? Like she didn't say, can you imagine any of them in your home? Any of these? No, no. Right. It and so it's like gross. these, these, uh, you know, mutants or whatever, yeah. you know, like these people of all the horrible people. Yeah. And you don't know where they came from. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that was gross. And that was really, there was like one scene in a previous season where a commander and his wife didn't want a handmaid of color, but I just felt like we haven't seen a lot of racism in this show, but I felt like that was a pretty racist scene. Um, I agree. In a way. Yeah. Um, and the only kind of saving grace for Naomi in that scene after she was like, ugh, you know, all these kids, can you imagine any of them? Mm -hmm. And she was so disgusted was she seemed equally disgusted by the thought of taking in a handmaid. So I was like, well, at least there's that. She's, she's Naomi not has looked old since episode one, season one. She has yeah. looked like she was like menopausal the whole probably the whole series. Yeah. I mean, we don't really I mean, know. not old, but menopausal, you know, like right. like definitely mid 40s for sure. Beyond her childbearing years. So like, what is her expectation if they've had whatever this calamity is that made people be infertile? Right. I don't remember if it was well, ever disclosed, but. I don't think they know. And at least we know her husband is fertile since he was able to get Janine pregnant. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even know if she initially really wanted kids. Um, yeah. See, I also wondered that too, with the, the comment with the, these, I, I wondered if she just really meant other people's children. Cause some people, I mean, even if it's not like a race thing, which it very well may have been, but they just don't want 
other people's kids. That's very true because I had a, I had a friend who was going through a lot of fertility treatments and, Mm -hmm. and know someone similarly. Yeah. And she, she had one kid through fertility treatments. She really wanted a second. They tried a couple of times. I'm like, why don't you guys adopt? And she's like, my husband does not want someone else's. She was open to it, but he was like, no, my kid or no kid. The person I know, um, she, they didn't do the IVF or anything. I don't know that they could, they really wanted to put the money into it, but they had fertility issues and her husband also had no desire to adopt whatsoever. He did not want someone else's child. And I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is so interesting. Um, I, I, I don't even know if Naomi wanted kids at all though. I almost feel like she caved and was like, well, it might raise our standing, you know, almost like as a promotional opportunity. I actually do think she loves that baby though. I think she does now. Yes. Mm -hmm. It seemed, it seemed like she really, um, Angela. Mm, Yeah. It, it seems like as a toddler, she's more interested in being a mom. And I know people like that too. They have a baby and they're like, what the fuck did I do? Like <laughs> this baby, you know, they can't relate to the baby, but then as the child gets older, they, you know, they, <laughs> they find the baby more relatable. It's really weird. Everyone is different. I'm not, <laughs> I'm just judging Gilead people, but you know, it's, um, <laughs> parenting's really I'm not a parent but I've seen my friends just go through a lot of parenting struggles it can turn your world upside down when you have a baby and then you have another one and it's like someone has told me I will never have time to myself again (laughs) which maybe not for the next you know 14 years but yeah (laughs) I uh I still like to hold on to the thought that Serena isn't even pregnant with Fred's child. She's pregnant with that. What's his face? Mark Tuello. Yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> I mean, Fred couldn't even get June pregnant. Well, you know, the thing is, and this is kind of another like funny fertility story. Um, I have a friend and she and her husband had a son together And then later he was having some health issues and they ran a whole mess of tests on him. And they're basically like, it's amazing you were able to father a child because it basically looks like you're completely infertile and have no good swimmers. This was maybe a few years after the kid was born. So, you know, I think it's people's bodies change things and motility can change if you make you know like different changes to your diet or your underwear for you know for dudes um who knows let them breathe (laughs) yeah so i i think anything's possible um so to speak um anything's possible and yeah fred didn't Fred didn't get uh, June pregnant, but you know, maybe Nick just got there first. Maybe he was, maybe he was primed, but um, <laughs> you know, Nick, Nick swimmers got in there first and, and uh, you know, won the race. So who knows? But I know people like to think that Tuello might be the dad, but I think the showrunners have shut that down pretty hard. <laughs> Still in my head canon that it's not Fred's baby. <laughs> I I still think there's a 
there's potential for Serena and Tuello to end up together. Oddly, I mm. I still think that might be a possibility. Um, maybe a slim one, but I I kind of um, feel like it's a possibility. But you know, even Serena at first didn't want a handmaid. They you know kept trying. Um, who knows for how long because i feel like june came to them three years into gilead and they'd had a previous handmaid so maybe they just tried for like another year then we we see the scene with lydia showing serena the file full file binders full of women file <laughs> folders full of women and um you know all these faces out and she she looks at this one who kind of it looks like it could be a blonde woman. It looks like it could be June's file. And yeah, and, that's and, what I thought too. And Aunt Lydia's like, oh, she she caught Commander Waterford's eye as well. And immediately Serena's like, Whoop, off to the yeah. side and then no. just picked a random, <laughs> a random one. But it makes me wonder, okay, so maybe then she came back to June the second time around after um after their first handmaid killed herself um so yeah but it looked like it could potentially have been june's file uh just based on the hair coloring so that would be interesting. i agree yeah do you i see that we both have the same question about serena's baby <laughs> do you think the wheelers are going to take her baby you know so this whole this whole time at the Wheeler house, it is so deja vu, right? Because like every freaking shot of this house reminds me of the Waterford's old house. Yeah, um, I had. So before I watched the second time, I had seen you had that in the document. And so I paid more attention and I, I agree. I agree for sure. I had not noted that before, but it was weird. It's it's very strange, and it's it's not just the staircases and kind of the looking down with the you know kind of to the to the entry, but it's also the room Serena is staying in. While mm -hmm. much much nicer than the one June stayed in, it's set up in a, such a similar way. There's the window in the window seat. The bed mm -hmm. is placed in the same position. The doorways place the same you walk in and it, it was just like so crazy and i didn't catch this but i was i am in with tim hines dj tim hines and and we we're talking about this a little bit and he said well and the shot in the closet was only thing hanging there was her blue outfit which yeah. is what we'd very much see with you know the, the red closet, outfit the red outfit yeah yeah and and i also just think the best part not the best part but when serena joy goes down to breakfast and she's like oh you're spoiling me with all these feasts and you know she has some type of i don't know it looks like oatmeal or a granola bar <laughs> and she's got that green smoothie yes. that reminds me of the barf smoothie that aunt mm -hmm. lydia made for june and then this beautiful plate of bacon and eggs is set down in front of mrs wheeler and serena just like looks at it longingly and i'm just like no bacon and eggs for you serena we can't have you getting roly-poly now can we which is something i guess you know that june says aunt lydia said to her when she's talking to fred at one point i was just like this is 
so creepy that it does feel like she's kind of in a handmaid's position and Mm -hmm. she doesn't have a husband and while they're not i don't think this is what's hard for me is like is this house actually owned by the gilead government so is it considered gilead even though they're not um even though they're in canada and if that's the case she's a single woman without a father who shouldn't be allowed to raise babies on their own but she's being hosted by this couple that desperately wants a baby and yeah it kind of feels like they're setting up to take away her baby i agree wholeheartedly it's um you said it way better than i could have because it definitely feels that way and it's like do they have an actor training camp like this is how to be the creepiest fucking commander on the planet (laughs) because while he might not be an official commander that ryan wheeler guy was also fucking creepy i'm sorry (laughs) he was uh he was he was creepy af um right and smarmy <laughs> yeah smarmy is a good word for him <laughs> and very like here's take your pill watching her take her i know like she's vitamin five or whatever. years old and i was just like are we sure that's actually a vitamin like are they giving you some like stepford handmade drug or something that's not going to hurt the baby but make you more controllable <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it was strange and just, um, I mean, I guess this is the time to talk about Serena's big idea, which, you know, she, she wants to talk to Mr. Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Um, she shut down at first. Um, she has this gathering with all the women, which was also creepy creepy (laughs) and and that one woman that's like we've been trying for so long i'm like hun you look like you're in your 50s you look older than than i am i was like it's probably time to stop trying because i i I don't know it's just so weird and they all put their hand on her belly and she felt very empowered and has this bright idea let's not make it a Gilead cultural center. Let's make it a fertility center, fertility clinic. And I was like, what does that even mean? And, you know, she, she tells Lawrence and, and Warren was in the room and, um, and they're just like, yeah, that's interesting. We'll consider it. And the fact they come back with, yeah, we're going to do it. I was like, really? why would they do that? And then I'm like, oh my God, my prediction is this is going to be some type of red center in, in Canada, like whether it's voluntary or they ship handmaids up to kind of breed for Canada as like a, you know, this is what Serena talked about. Um, fertility is a national resource. Like, and you know, they talked about trading handmaids to Mexico at one point, it's like, oh, maybe they just put volunteer handmaids up there and it's a red center. And I don't know, but it seems like it's going to be bad news to me. Yeah, I I don't really have any thoughts. I agree with what you're saying. That does sound freaky, but it did seem odd that they agreed to what she had suggested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's um, a woman. <laughs> right. And um, 
even Mrs. Wheeler, like she invites her to be on that call with her and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't That's have the weird, hat. too. Like, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Like, I, that was weird. You can take the call from Gilead in here. Thank you. I'm glad we don't have to go through the Americans or the government. Mr. Wheeler has his ways. You can be on the call if you want. I'm sure that they would love to hear from you. Oh, no. No, no. I don't have a head for all of that, no. Your wives shouldn't burden themselves with business things. Yeah, what, what, what is up with her? I mean, like, I've never even seen that whole Stepford Wives thing, but I basically have a have knowledge of what it's, but, like, it's like she and the other women in that touch-in-the-belly moment, they were all, like, like robots. Like, they were just all, ugh, it was weird and creepy. And why are they, like, being held in that house and can't go anywhere? And, well, and, you know, that's, that's why I kind of wonder if I don't know they're trying to protect Serena but then it makes me feel like they're they're keeping her there probably against her will because they do want her baby and like all these people leaving flowers outside the gate for her I also think is super weird and and you know Ezra well, I, doesn't... I've always thought it was weird that she had supporters in Canada well, like you know cult members going to be cult members no matter <laughs> I think we've seen that We've seen that happen in yeah, uh, our yeah. country, but just and Ezra's like, oh, you should take some home to your mom. There are just so many. Like he wasn't even going to bring them all in to show her all the support, which I thought oh, that's also interesting. And we know he reports to Lawrence, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, oof, Gilead. Speaking of Lawrence, do you want to talk about that scene between he and Warren at all? So he didn't expect Warren to be there either. And he seemed a little more than a little annoyed uh, that Warren was there. And what is Warren's game plan? He's, ugh, he is so yuck. Always had a way with the ladies, but can't let her just run amok. We have to yank her leash yeah. from time to time. We all know how you like to yank things. This new grand plan of yours, what are you calling it? Uh, <clears throat> new Bethlehem. Yeah. I don't like it. It'll be the death of us all. Gilead. A bunch of traitors, criminals, terrorists, and you want to welcome them back. Coddle them. Forgive them. Never. The other commanders will never support that. What are you proposing? Well, he's a slime ball. Yeah. We know, I mean, and, you know. If y'all could see the look on my face. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. And it's, I mean, he. Um, my lip is curled. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but Warren Putnam it feels like he and Naomi were specifically modeled because they, I don't believe they were characters in the book, but it seems like these characters were specifically modeled after Warren Jeffs, who is the head of the, the mm -hmm. FLDS, the FLDS church, which is, if you watch the documentary, um, keep sweet, pray and mm -hmm. obey. Um, it's very echoes of the handmaid's tale. Um, 
anyway. And supposedly his favorite wife was named Naomi. Um, so I feel like that's how they came up with this couple and they even look alike. So, you know, I don't know if he's like really trying to channel the real Ward Jeffs when he plays this guy, just how super creepy he is, but it's, yeah, he's, I, I don't know if he has a plan other than, you know, he, maybe he's, you know, still kind of, he's still messing with handmaids, even though he already got his hand cut off for being inappropriate with you know janine when she was their hand he doesn't have a hand oh yeah <laughs> you so... know what's you know what's hilarious about that <laughs> in the house of the dragon i didn't notice that viserys was missing an arm either i didn't even I did. know that that was a <laughs> thing until i heard it on a podcast i was so, like his arm wasn't there so the the only reason like if you remember Call back oblivious. i think i think it was the first season after janine jumps off the bridge when mrs putnam asked for the harshest possible punishment and then you see like them getting ready to take his hand off and um they only make note of it once more when they're like oh it's nice of you to come along in spite of your handicap because he can't shoot a gun anymore they were like uh, hunting, you know, shooting at clay pigeons or something like that. But yeah, he it's supposed to keep it pinned down or like in his pocket of his pants oh. or something. <laughs> so yeah, weird. I, now that you bring that up, I vaguely remember that. I remember Janine jumping off the bridge, but um, <laughs> yeah, I do vaguely recall that, but I had totally forgotten and I did not notice it. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, all these guys are so power hungry that I think, you know, I think he's probably like Lawrence has gotten away with a lot of stuff, more stuff than I was able to get away with. He's he's still alive. He wants power. Lawrence seems to have this weird plan for something called New Bethlehem. That now What's that all about? I don't know exactly, but Lauren described it as inviting traitors, criminals and terrorists back into oh, yeah, Gilead, yeah, yeah. opening the borders, I guess. Maybe without guards. For, for what? You know, I, I think what Joseph is trying to do is, you know, he says this country is going to die if we don't kind of open our borders and become more hospitable yeah, yeah, and yeah. forgive those who maybe sinned against Gilead, so to speak. Um, you know, I don't know if they would just keep them in prisons, but even then, well, you could still have prison labor. Maybe that's what will happen to June and Luke. Maybe, although I would think they would just send her to the colonies. But I think even that case is, you know, she's she's still supposedly reproductively capable. And it's, um, you know, it seems like they've, they've maybe killed off so many people that they need more worker bees to help keep the the country going. And they need to be seen as more humane in order to get the trade agreements um that they need to kind of keep their economy going so it's interesting but warren hated the idea and joseph looked like he was ready to cut a bitch <laughs> and warren said that so i um we didn't get to see aunt lydia janine and esther this week well, we I, saw Aunt Lydia in the flashback, oh, but West. that was it. Yes, we did. <laughs> but in, in, in current times. Um, right, right. I could have used a scene yeah. or two with them. I could have too, but um, they, yeah, we'll see what happens with Warren because there's been one preview of 
Naomi looking horrified and Nick having blood splattered on his face like someone was just shot. So uh, I, I wonder if Warren's days are numbered because I could kind of see while we haven't seen a ton of violence from Lawrence, not that he would do it himself. I think he does have some kind of plan. And I think he's willing to get rid of people who stand in the way of what he wants to do. You know, it's just kind of, we'll see. He's so hard to read, though, like what it is that he really wants, because he helped June, but he still wants Gilead to be Gilead-ish. I, I don't understand his motivations or even what. Yeah, yeah, I mean, is he like Littlefinger on Game of Thrones and he just wants to have chaos? <laughs> you know, that could be. I, I don't really understand either because he wasn't really following any of the ways of Gilead. He he never wanted to do a ceremony with a handmaid and didn't until he was basically forced right. to do it or face deathly consequences. Mm-hmm. He... He doesn't want to remarry, which everyone's telling him, you, if you want to stay in a power position of power, you need to remarry. He doesn't want to do that. I don't know. He is very, you know, he, he didn't want to talk to Tuello when Tuello was in Canada, but then I don't think he would be so obvious either. Like, oh my God, we're seen talking to each other. That's definitely going to maybe put me on the wall. There's no, there's no going to be no conversation, even though it could be really valuable to him. So, you know, I don't know what his deal really is. I still feel like this is just like some big experiment he threw together and he's, he's tinkering with it. And, you know, even when to be God, yeah kind of god complex even when he was talking to lydia last week about you know well and i almost think (laughs) yeah and he was against the red center um kind of revision but at the same time i think that gave him the idea oh we could send up like red center hotel in canada because it's not Gilead, but we could still serve the same purpose, kind of like the breeding colonies that they've talked about where, you know, commanders and their wives go out and once a month for the ceremony. So, you know, I don't know. He's He's got some kind of long game, but we haven't been clued into what it really is at this point. And how many more seasons are there? This one and one more or and two one more? more? One more season after this one. Season The sixth season is going to be the final season of The Handmaid's Tale, but then they're going to go into the Testaments, um, which, but he, there's potential for him to be in that series as well, uh, considering his ties to Aunt Lydia at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's not in those books, but then, you know, he was a, he was just a character that was made up, um, you know, even after the first book, you know, when they kind of went into bridge territory. Now, is there a time jump between the end of this story and the beginning of that one in the books? So, yes and no. I feel like, I feel like some of what's happening right now with Hannah is what we see in the books like isn't 
isn't too much further after what we're seeing now with Hannah in the books. Okay. But then there is going to be somewhat of a time jump. Um, and I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I, it's really hard to tell how old Nicole is. Like they're saying 14 months, I think. But Angela looked like she's about three now. So I think that would mean Nicole's more like two and a half. And, um, yeah, because June, June was yeah. pregnant when Janine had her, wasn't she? Not quite. So maybe maybe she's like <clears throat> just over two, maybe two and a quarter. Um, According to them, she's 14 months. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all kind of, I think the age thing is, is kind of wonky, but there's going to have to be a significant time jump at some point in that. And so it makes me wonder how far they will get with... Um, Hannah slash Agnes's storyline before the series end. And then we'll probably have a clearer sense of what the time jump will be. Maybe it'll be more like, you know, uh, eight or 10 years versus more like the 15 you kind of thought it was going to be when the book came out a couple seasons ago. So, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. So anything else that you want to talk about from this episode? Just looking through these notes. I don't know. Oh, I don't think you got to say what you wanted to say about Jaden, how cute he was. And you said oh, a little bit. Well, I said a little bit. I thought he was, he seemed like a sweet kid and was just craving like some maybe normalcy because you know he did say well definitely it's not so bad he's like but it would be nice to be able to talk to who you who you want so gilead that's all you know yeah but it's not so bad but you're working to bring it down People should just be able to talk to each other. See their families. Do whatever they want. Like this. Yeah? Yeah. So how Basically old do you everything. think he is? Or was? Or I don't know if he survived. I don't know. I mean... Maybe 20? Or younger? I was thinking maybe like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And if it's been seven years and he was like 10 or 11. But you would think, well, I mean, they say this with, you know, childhood trauma. When you've been traumatized, there are things that you completely kind of forget. Um, he's like, everything just kind of seems blurry from that time. Like mm -hmm. faded memories, um, going through the trauma of being ripped away from your actual parents and maybe even seeing them killed who knows you know what his experience was but i'd i'd say he was like 17 or 18 poor thing and, and why is he working with the resistance well he said that's kind of what june asked him she's like why if you know if you think gillian's okay he's like well because I'd like to be able to, you know, it'd be nice oh, well, to talk to right. who you want. Yeah, that's right. See right. your family. Yeah. It was kind of that just was... like, he was like. People yeah. should be able to do what they want to do, I think he said. Yeah. Too. That's right. I forgot about that. 
Yeah. So he's, you know, clearly seen some stuff and um, that poor kid got his leg blown off. Well, you know, I guess that's the risk you take when <laughs> better than being on the wall, although he still might end up there. Who knows uh, for helping them and not turning them in. Like, I think that's. Yeah. The worst crime. Yeah. He's a traitor. So that'll be pretty sad. Um, although, well, yeah, I don't know if they'll try and protect him and be like, who? <laughs> well, and Luke has that USB drive with all the information about the I know. Puns on that's it. when I watched it the second Ugh. time, I was like, uh, they're going to get that from him. I know. He needs unless... to swallow that shit. <laughs> I know. Shove it somewhere. <laughs> that's what it was like. Put it up um, your bum. Something. <laughs> swallow it. Something. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have like stashed that somewhere, but oh well. Um oh well. Well yeah, I think that's mostly it. Um I do think Warren might end up on the wall. I think I think that would be um awesome. Him and and kinda yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um yeah. Anyway. I may do this like I'm going to try and because we both watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> and so I was thinking, what if I did like a little intro, but it was like the Real Housewives and Handmaids of Gilead. And I made up some things that like the housewives could say, and I might try and patch that together as a funny at some point this season. So we'll see. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank and you so much for having me. It's been yeah. fun chatting about this crazy, depressing show. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You know, um, yeah, no, it was great having you on and, you know, more to come. We've still got, we're halfway through the season at this point and it feels like so much has happened. Like I feel more, like we're more like seven episodes in versus five. I, but yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So there's still a whole half season to go um, and we'll see where it takes us. But um, thank you again for joining me, audience. No don't let the bastards grind you down and we will be back next week.